Joy. And this is Claire. Happy Hello. November. It's here. It's my birthday month. Happy 35th birthday month to me. How are you feeling, 35? My birthday's not till the end of the month. It's not till the 26th. Yeah, but, but it is fun to like start your birthday It's never month. too early yeah. to start celebrating your birthday month. I'm a Sagittarius. Um, <laughs> I have a Libra rising in an Aquarius moon. I don't know what any of that means, but I know I have it. <laughs> All I know about the Sagittarius is that we have the coolest, the centaur with the bow and arrow. How are you feeling, 35? I mean, the same. I don't know. I feel feel like after like 21, I stopped really caring. (laughs) (laughs) I loved turning 30. I feel like I love turning like a, the decades. Like I loved yeah. turning 40. I was like super excited about it. But I remember, I specifically remember turning 30. I remember being at my first job out of grad school. I remember being in the office talking to all the girls and being like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to turn 30 because I was about to get married. And like all these things were just leaving from my 20s. And I was ready to put my 20s behind. I don't really remember my 30th birthday. <laughs> What was I doing? What did, did we do anything for our 30th birthday? It would have been in 2008. I went to Hawaii. So what did no. you do that year? <laughs> you went to Hawaii all the time. Oh, wait, you're not. Four times. We're only, wait, two, we're 10 years. No, old. so you were you were 40 and I was 30. Okay. I was like, wait, are we five years or 10 years apart? We yeah. 10 years apart. So I was in Hawaii for my 40th. So I don't know. Jessica says, I got extremely sunburned on my 30th birthday and felt like, well, guess I'm not a grown up yet. <laughs> I get sunburned like once a year and I'm like, eh, what am I going to learn? Person. Do you do, what still. else do you do when you're like, oh, I thought I was, I thought I was a grown up. Oh, this is one that I posted about on Instagram stories a couple weeks ago and got a lot of solidarity. Yeah. When I'm on my period and I bleed through my pants. Oh, yeah. Which is like not at all uncommon. I'm not going to say it happens every cycle, but it's like, if not every cycle, close to every cycle, I will have a moment where I'm driving or, you know, something happens and I'm like, oh, yep. You get that like. <laughs> you get the feeling. You get the feeling. You get the feeling. <laughs> you, get the feeling. you feel that feeling. You feel if you know, yeah. If you know, you know. <laughs> I was getting tattooed once and the woman all of a sudden stopped and she was like, I'm so sorry. I'm on my period and I just felt that feeling. And I was like, that's all you say no more. Say no more. And like, I'm not sorry about saying this, but like people who don't want to hear things like this, like just fast forward. But like, I remember just like when you're, did you ever have like really heavy periods? Like in your. Yeah. After I had babies. Okay. Cause I had them when I was a teenager, like so, so bad. So bad. And I just remember, yes, like really heavy. And I just remember like (laughs) literally feeling like an ocean is just falling out of you. It's the worst. I um, I started wearing like those period underwear if I have to go in the office. Thinks or something. Yeah. Whatever they are. Because which I don't, I don't think I could ever get used to the feeling of just like free bleeding into a pair of underwear all day. But I do really, really like them as a backup if I'm, like, if I know, like, if I'm in a meeting, I can't just, like, huh, stand up and, like, waddle out of the meeting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you and could, like, you but don't it's, always, like, yeah. Yeah. I mean. You don't always have time between meetings, like, plan ahead, or if you get stuck in traffic. So if I'm, like, not going to be at home and it's a heavy day, I'll wear those. Not an ad. Not an ad, but or, I. And I sleep with them. Yeah, not sure. Oh, anyway, God. Anyway, that's just, one that just thing brought me I'm memories like, where I was, like, oh, man, it used to be so bad. the worst feeling. But that's where I feel like, oh, I'm never – am I ever going to grow up? Like, I'm going to go through menopause before I solve this problem. <laughs> but that's not super in our control. Like, it's not – I mean, what are you going to no, like? No, but like – okay, maybe the – and I don't know. I just feel like I should have it – have a better cadence by now. I don't know. Or just like constant – I don't know. It's just such I a pain. Yeah, like, still sometimes I will – like, I will – just be annoyed that I'm like, ah, oh, do I need to put a panty liner in or do I need to like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, and then I just get annoyed. Do I need and, a backup? Yeah. yeah and then I you're just kind of like, now. you know what? I'm going to throw caution to the wind and I'm just going to hope today's not the day. And then you just end up like with a wad of Chipotle napkins down your pants trying to find a I have done bathroom. that. I've 1000% done that. Who out there has not done that is what I want to know. Who has not like and ducked behind your car door, yes, shoved, shoved a handful of napkins Chipotle napkins in, in your underwear, underwear. In, yeah. until you can find a backup? Yeah. Yeah. The, the chat is awfully quiet, but I'm <laughs> <laughs> Show yourselves. <laughs> That's right. We'll keep you anonymous. But we will not out No, but like I remember where was I? Where was I? Anyway, it was sometime when I started my period. And the only thing available was it? Well, I know there was a Costa Rica thing where we were trying to find a tampon and you were like, you were like hell bent on getting me a tampon that was not like cotton ones because it was just like, it. there's, I don't need to explain this to y'all, but like, they are not easy to get in there. We need an applicator. Oh, and so I, I was somewhere where I had to just wear like one of those huge pads that literally 
feel like you could see the diaper sticking out from your butt, but it's so uncomfortable. It's so uncomfortable. It's so uncomfortable. (laughs) What about you? Are there any other things that you're like, I'm I'm not a grown up until I've solved this? Problem. No, but I I can't think of anything off the top of my head right now. I will just before I forget, though, when I was at an office, I saw a bunch of like posts about this where I was like, I don't know if I could do this yet of like where you carry the tampon up your sleeve to go to the bathroom or in uh-huh. your pocket. Like if I don't have pockets, right. I would put it up my sleeve. Right. And people were like, don't be ashamed. And I'm like, I just, just walk around with it. I just don't want to. Like, I don't want people to be like, oh, she's. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want like. I like even if if I had to like carry my own toilet paper to the bathroom, I still would probably like put it in a bag. I wouldn't just be like, be right back, go to the bathroom. I don't know. It's not like just, a, I'm ashamed to be a woman. I just don't prefer people to know that about me at this moment. Like I just yeah, I don't know. I think it's like private enough. I have like a huge box of tampons in my desk drawer. So like if you catch me at the right moment, I'm not gonna like I'm not like trying to block it with my body and like covertly take it out of the drawer. Like I'm just gonna open the drawer and pull it out. But then I'm yeah. not gonna like walk, I'm not gonna like twirl it like a parade baton as yeah. I go to the bathroom. Yeah. Um Allison says hers is remembering to put her sheets back on the bed so it doesn't have to happen when she's exhausted after laundry. Yeah. That's a good one. Or like sometimes I'll try to put the clothes on the bed thinking like if I put them on the bed, then I have to fold them before I go to bed. And instead they just end up on the floor or I just sleep on top of them. Yeah. We did that last night. We washed our sheets yesterday. No, we, 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 we got up and did them, but Scott and I have this cadence where we like do it together because we're like, it just takes, it's so much easier to do it with two people. So we were watching TV last night and all of a sudden we looked at each other and I was like, we're like so tired, like ready to go to bed. And we're like, oh, we forgot to put the sheets on the bed. So we like run really quick and do it really fast because we were just like, if we get it done now, we can go right to bed. It's just like, um, okay, rewinding. I kind of want to share the story to like cleanse my soul of it because it has to do, it's a period story <laughs> that I've yet to share on this podcast, but I feel like I'm ready to tell it. <laughs> it is like truly one of the most, I want to cry for this, uh, let's see, probably 19 year old girl. Let's say 19. I really want to cry, but I'm going to tell it because this has happened to countless women, I am sure. So really heavy periods. Don't need to say that again. Like so bad, bleed through everything, wake up in like everything, wake up with just an issue to take care of. And no matter what I tried, I would try those like night pads that like cover up to the backside. You know what I'm talking about? Like with a tampon. Anyway, one day I wake up and this is when I was like heavy into working out. Well, you know, throughout my whole 20s. But I was going to this gym and I had these like yellow gym shorts, like bright yellow gym shorts. Put them on, not thinking, I think I slept in them, but I didn't like check them. <laughs> and legit, like the hugest stain on the back of my shorts. Didn't even check. So I took I took a class. I worked out at the gym. I was there for probably two hours with a big old stain on my bum. And God bless this woman. God bless this woman. I can't believe I'm telling this. Like I used to, like even a year ago, I was like too ashamed to talk about this story. And I feel good about it now. But this woman came up to me after the class that we took together. This was a full on class, exercise class, lots of lunges, you know, a lot of just your butt hanging out. And this sweet woman, probably like my age at the time, like 40s, 50s, uh, and I was 19, came up to me and goes, are you going home after this? And I was like, yeah, why? She's like, okay, good. She didn't like shame me or embarrass me. She just was like, this girl, like, just go home. And it was so kind. And I like looking back when I got home, I was mortified. Like that feeling where you're like, (gasps) like blood rushes to your cheeks. And I'm like, I'm never going back to that gym again. Of course I did. You like have to, you know, I was like, whatever, like shit happens. But I was so embarrassed just thinking like the entire class saw and was just like having to, nobody told me. I think I would have told someone. I think I would like in the middle, like discreetly. I feel like that was like a I don't know. How would you discreetly do it in the how middle of a group workout? How would you? Workout? How would, would you? Just, like, how would jump you? Over and then be like, like, yeah. How do you like? Right. Imagine like a body pump class. That's like, what so are you true. To do? That's so true. And I also think on the flip side, maybe this is a good example of the fact that like no one is ever looking at you as much as you think that they are. That's a great point. That's also a great, especially point. in a workout class. But I'm sorry that happened to that. <laughs> <I'm a mortified. laughs> so mortifying um okay so like back to the whole things that you maybe have learned as an adult i don't know i would love to hear what people say about that though because i really like the um the period thing where it's just like you'd think by now we would be like right this by the time you're 35 you'd lock it up no no, no. never apparently other than that though turning 35 feels 
fairly anticlimactic. We'll see how I feel in three and a half weeks when it is actually my birthday. Oh, Jessica says, Joy, that would have been a perfect story for a 2001 YM magazine. It would be. It would. Oh, YM, young and modern. Young and modern, sassy, oh young and modern. Let's see. What did Dirty, you have? flirty, and thriving. But did you have subscriptions to to YM? I had subscriptions to YM and sassy, and I think 17. Just so um, looked forward to gosh. those. I don't think I got any of my own magazine subscriptions, but I would buy them at the store. Mm-hmm. And then what was the... There was like a zine that I loved that I can't remember the name of. It was like very emo 90s girl. Of course. Yeah. Of course. And then I mostly bought surf magazines. Oh, that's right. And put them in my walls. Yeah. I also have this dream of bringing Jane Magazine back, but in a podcast mm. form because I'm like... That'd be cute. Jane Magazine was the best. It was the best. It was very Daria. I loved Daria. Yeah. Oh, Jane Magazine did came back, come back as XO Jane the blog. Oh, now that's we know. right. Um, I was in Wisconsin. That imploded. Yeah. I oh, remember okay. I was like, it did. Something happened. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so the world was not ready for a reboot of Jane Magazine. What was I saying? Oh, I was in Wisconsin this weekend. It was super fun. It was in Madison. I found out <laughs> that this is the last year the, the games are going to be in Madison. This is how up to date on CrossFit news we are. And they're going to Alabama, Birmingham. So in case you, like us, are past CrossFit people who used to love this stuff. Now, you know, CrossFit Games are going to be in Birmingham after 2023, 2024 through 2027 or something. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's just an interesting, like, again, you can tell how far removed we are from CrossFit that we didn't even know that news. My Mm -hmm. mother-in-law told me. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. Well, because like Madison was like so so into the Madison thing. Yeah. It's it's less that like they're so into CrossFit. It's just that like they're so into Madison. Right. And so like they, and because we used to be so into CrossFit, they like really, like they went to this press conference once and met Dave Castro, like just to kind of be part of. Them oh, for, I totally you know, remember which is that. So cute. It was really, really cute. Um, yeah, it's been so interesting. They were like, "What's in Birmingham?" And I was just kind of reflecting on like the state of CrossFit when they moved to Madison versus now when they're moving out of Madison. Like a lot has changed since what was that? 2017. Was that the year when we went? The well, it was the first year that it was in Madison, and we went to watch the open workout where Katrin and. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was 20. It was either it would have been 2017 because Miles mm, was like a year and a half right. at that open workout, and then that that would have been the first summer that they were there. So then they've been there for six years, which feels like a was long it time. six? Okay, so they had the three year contract and then they renewed it and for then another, another three. Year contract, okay, yeah, all right. Uh-huh. Um, yes, Jessica, all of the athletes are going to get heat stroke in August in Birmingham. They were saying, like, apparently they were saying, oh, the athletes are going to co- have to come out two weeks early just to acclimate. Like, hope you don't have a job. Hope you're not an international athlete who has to travel for and a week just to get here. are these athletes like, days here. making any money yet? No, no, they're not. So, yeah. So, have, you know. I have issues. Just thought that was interesting. Fun little fact. But anyway, we were in Madison. It was super cute. I love Madison. It was blue skies and everyone was like freaking out about how sunny it was and I was like oh that's right you guys don't get sun in the winter that's a bummer because it just was sort of like yeah this would be an average October November day in Colorado but everyone it was very sunny and beautiful we went to an apple orchard which was so so cute. And then you made an apple. There were pie. baby goats. No, you ate, made an apple cake. I made an apple cake with the apples that I cooked, that I picked in the apple orchard. Just slowly completing my transformation into being a toadstool. It was fantastic. Did you tell John Hay that you talked about the sleepy time bear? Do you talk at all about no. that? No. Yeah. I should tell him. Everyone's been sending uh, but us the people sleepy keep time. Sending, yeah, sending us the tweet about the slutty sleepy time bear Halloween costume. Amazing. Truly amazing. I would love to know what a slutty sleepy time bear looks like. I can imagine it actually like a skimpy little white nightshirt and like a little some little bear ears and a little nightcap. Yeah, I'm like, what would that look like? Just a- just cover your nipples with tea bags. <laughs> <laughs> can't tell what I just did, but I you did the like movement. I was whipping my, te- my you, boob tassels around. You did the movement you would do to whip your nipple <laughs> tassels You're trying to spin your boob tassels. Yeah, but they're just, but instead they're tea bags with roomy quotes on them. <laughs> I'm literally move. choking. <laughs> I don't think I've ever laughed so hard where I literally almost choked. I literally almost choked. Oh, no. Oh, that was good. That was really good. Last minute Halloween costume. If anybody oh, needs it, too so bad great. today's Halloween. <laughs> okay, speaking of Halloween, you have to tell us about Pablo's Halloween party. Oh my gosh, it was so great. So, <clears throat> still joking. <laughs> take a minute. Take a, take a, take a sip. By the way, everyone watching, this is not actually beer. Joy's getting drunk. <laughs> I just like, I have a koozie with a can. <clears throat> I just like my beverages cold. Okay. So, Pablo's party. For those of you who may or may not know, Pablo is our pig, our neighborhood pig, two houses down. 
there's a pig that has lived with these with the owners ever since they moved in. But they, over the time that they've lived here, have made like this little visiting pen where you can like go up and see Pablo. And if you've watched our stories, you've seen me kind of like go up and visit Pablo. So it's kind of like this cute little neighborhood thing where people can go up to the fence and feed him and pet him. It's almost like a mini petting zoo. So last year they did this inaugural Pablo's pumpkin carving contest where you had to take a pumpkin. They put out all these pumpkins in October next to Pablo's pen. You take a pumpkin, you take it home, you carve it, you bring it back on the day of the party and Pablo picks the winner of the pumpkin. You get a prize. Last year they did this like bouncy castle that was this spaceship and everybody dressed up and it was really fun. And so this year they did the same thing, which is great. And it kind of was like growing a little bit bigger every year. Well, the second year was a little bit bigger because now everyone's like into the groove. And also last year it was really, really cold. So this year was like beautiful weather. So yeah, it was great. They had this huge blow up pirate ship that had like an octopus wrapped around it and it was like a bouncy castle yeah but it was a huge two huge slides so you just crawl to the top you climb and it was pretty steep like inside was this very narrow hallway and you're kind of like sandwiched between these two big pieces of puffy whatever walls and so you feel like you're gonna get squished i was very terrified and i got there really early so i got to go like before all the kids showed up which i'm very grateful for because a lot of the parents when i got there were like yeah i, had to, I was like stuck in that tunnel for like a good five minutes because there are so many kids in the tunnel. So you're like literally just like packed into this tunnel. Anyway, it was really fun. The slide was great. 10 out of 10. The pumpkin carving was like top notch. People just carved out their pumpkin, filled it with fruit. Someone filled it with a squash, which ultimately won. But really what happens is like whatever direction Pablo's going. So it's kind of like a spin the bottle where you just don't know where he's going to land. So it's really doesn't matter what you put on your pumpkin because whatever he goes to first is kind of like who's going to win. But it was cute because this year the boys, um, his dad's put this thing where they're like, he has to bite the pumpkin. He can't just like bite off a carrot. He has to like eat the pumpkin. So I was like, that's good because a lot of people will put like apples and carrots on the pumpkin's face. Anyway, it was lovely. It was so cute. We had a great time. Pablo had a great time. Pablo ate a lot of food. It was a great turnout. Met a lot of wonderful neighbors. So I'm already like, oh, I can't wait for next year. So uh, all in all, it was a success. And then tonight we're going to hand out candy because it's as of this recording. Halloween. Yeah, tonight I'm interested to see what ha- happens. I feel like it's the first night that both kids are old enough to really trick or treat and it's not a pandemic. Last year, I mean, Evie was two and a half, like barely old enough to really understand what was going on. So Miles and Brandon last year did kind of the full circuit, but Evie and I just went to like the neighbors across the street. And tonight I think we'll do, we're in a new neighborhood, kind of see how it goes. Very interested to see what the vibe is like. I hope you have enough candy. I think we're going to have a lot of trick-or-treaters tonight just because people are- It's so nice It's so nice. It always depends on the weather here in Colorado. Yeah. All right. Well, let's take a quick break and talk about our sponsor, Ned, the makers of our favorite CBD products. I love their daily blend. They use a 750 milligram blend. I love their mellow. I just found out, not found out, I recently saw they came out with a mellow- magnesium chai yes, nighttime drink. I saw that. I haven't tried it yet, but I cannot believe how good that sounds. And it's not a caffeinated. So it's specifically made to have like these warming flavors to put you to sleep at night. It sounds amazing. So smart. So if you want to try that or any other, other awesome products, you can use code joy for 15% off your order. We love other products. We love that they're third party tested. We love that they are based out of Colorado. They grow all their hemp in Paonia, which is on the Western slope of Colorado. We love that you can read all about their farmers. And if you want to hear more awesome stories about the farmers that they use, you can go back and listen to our episode that we did with the founder, Rhett. We love the guys. They have been a huge supporter of our podcast for many years. And and really, we do use these products daily. So check out helloned.com. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com forward slash joy or use code joy for 15% off your order. Try out their awesome products. And thank you for supporting the brands that support our podcast. Thank you, guys. And thank you just for supporting our podcast this year. It's almost the end of the year. It's a great time to start thinking about gifts for whatever holidays you celebrate. And this is a great way to kind of give your pod, not just our podcast, but all podcasts, supporting the podcast by supporting the sponsors that support your favorite podcast. So thank you for doing that. Can I give a really quick scary movie recommendation? Sure. We watched this Even movie. Even though it's going to be after scary movie season. Yeah, but but I think everyone you. always really, you know, if you're if you're into just scary movies, period, every once in a while, I just want to watch a scary movie. And I don't love blood gore. It's, I can't watch 
zombie killing type things. It just grosses me out. But I do like suspense. So Scott recommended this movie called Barbarian. And it is probably up there with a couple of my favorites, which is all by Jordan Peele, The Nope movie and Us. Just love his movies. But okay, so it's written by Zach Kreger and directed by Zach Kreger. If you want one that's, it's not super gory, but it's really unique storyline. I feel like scary movies are so predictable or they're just kind of like dragging on and there's never really like a good ending. This does, this has a pretty unique ending, but I will just say if you want like something really unique, a new idea, it's not too gory. It's really scary and weird. Barbarian is a good movie. And it starts with like this, I'm not giving anything away, but it's about this like Airbnb where a girl shows up to this Airbnb and she walks in and there's like already somebody renting the place. And she's like, oh, I guess I'll just stay here for the night. I love, I also love that the director doesn't even care that everyone is yelling at the screen. Like, why would you make that decision? Because every time, like the from the get-go, you're like, why would you walk into this house with a stranger? You're like yelling at the screen, like, no, don't go in there. Which is kind of like that classic, like every scary movie is like, why would you make that decision? But I love it. So if you want a good scary movie, watch Barbarian. Super weird. And then tell me what you think. Okay. Also, there's a new season of Love is Blind. How's that going? <laughs> it's, uh, oh man, it's such a good it's such a good brain break. It's really good. No, there's no spoilers here, but it is a great cast. It is, there's a couple people on there that you're kind of like, I think all couples, here's what I want to say. And I think this goes for all seasons. Is Love Blind? Mm, I think every once in a while you get like a couple that like lucks out where they do get married and end up staying together. I think that's a very rare like lightning strike scenario. And most of the couples that I've seen up to this point, like, you know, that feeling when you're talking to someone, and you're all giddy, because you like have this fantasy made up in your mind that you're just like, Oh, my gosh, you're the person of my dreams. Oh, my gosh. And you're just like, probably riding high from the adrenaline of the show. And like, the possibility of meeting somebody. So then you're talking to this person behind a screen for who knows how long, and you're making up all these ideas in your head. And they're so romantic. And they're just like, Oh, my gosh, I like you so much. And I like you too. And then like, Oh, my gosh, will you marry me? Because they like propose behind the window, the door, whatever. And then they're all excited when they meet each other because that's also really exciting. It's all this newness. But then like when reality sits in and then your logical mind is like, what the hell did I just do? No. Like you can literally see all- You have like you- the Joe Bluth moment staring out the window in the, uh, the hospital bed of like, I've made a terrible mistake. It's 1000% and then you see it all go to shit. So then they start fighting and then they're like, I don't, this is, this is my favorite part. Again, this is no spoilers. It happens on every season, but my favorite part is there's always, it's always a girl, always a girl. And this is all like, these are all like straight couples, but I have yet to see all the guys are usually like, yeah, I want to have sex. I'm a cool if I want to have sex, I'd have sex with her. And then like all the girls, there's usually like one girl who's like, I'm just waiting to get to know him a little better. I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna say, I'm pretty sure that most girls, okay, that I know in my life, we're ready to party like date two or three, at least. <laughs> like we're ready to be like-, like Just as quickly as the guy is- Yeah, you're like ready to be like, let's throw down. I really like right, you. I'm really fine. attracted right. to you. If you are actually, attra- like, yeah. if you actually feel that much of a connection. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh. I've never been in a scenario where I've been like real attracted to someone and like really into them where I've been like, like, I just really want to get to know you. I just want to meet his mom first. (laughs) And they're all like, I just want to take my time. And I'm like, no, no. You, if you really, really were attracted, I'm not saying, I'm not saying you have to do it on the first night, but I am saying. And I'm not saying taking your time is a bad thing. No, but. In the real world. This is not, this like, is not, not all girls are reserved no. like this. And you can tell, because I'm like, if you were really into someone, you would be so like, yeah, let's do it. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. That's just, it, it, it's so, so it's so funny to watch them, because they're just kind of like, I'm just going to sleep in the other bedroom, and like, I just want space. I really want to take time to get to know him. And I'm like, that's not how you portrayed yourself when you were like in the pods, which is the, what they call like the rooms they're in before they go and meet each other face to face. They call it in the pod. So in the pod, they're all like, oh, so sexy. And, so like, <laughs> and then they get out in the real world, and they're just like, I really want to take my time. Please, please don't sit next to Yes, don't. It's so funny. It's so funny. Okay, so Jessica says, didn't Ayana say on the reunion special last season, she was lying about that on the show, but she didn't want her parents to see her getting down on the Yeah, show. that's true. Valid. Valid. Very valid. That's very valid. If I thought my grandma was going to watch it, I would be like, I just need to get to know him better. That's actually very valid. And I respect that. Because if I was on a show like that, and I knew my oh parents my God, were watching... Joy. 
you would never go on a show no. like that because I'd of be the chance wrapped in a paper were. bag and a cloak and a sleeping bag, and I'd be like, I just, <laughs> I just want to get to know people. You'd be I don't even have sex. Like, mm-hmm. Just one word answers. Yes, I don't uh-huh. have sex. I don't even know what sex is. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh god. I, huh? Who said that? Is that a boy on the other side? What? Like, oh, it's a boy. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> All right. Well, I don't watch Love Is Blind, nor do I ever plan to. But I did um, on the sh- on the plane this week. Watch the first couple episodes. This is such an old series, like really, really old. It was. I started watching Dairy Girls. Have you seen that? It's really cute. I watched. I watched the first episode, through. but I haven't gone further than that. It's cute. It's it really looks cute. really. It's cute. like a very like coming of age quirky comedy with a bunch of female protagonists. Very funny. Very like if anybody is going to get this reference. The books Angus Thongs and Full Frontal Snogging. It's very like that sort of vibe. It was very funny. Um, I was, yeah, enjoying that. But I only got to watch three episodes, which is probably the last TV I'll get to watch until the next time I get on a plane. <laughs> yeah, who knows when that's going to be. Um, okay, so the other thing we wanted to talk about today was some more ever-present, ever-persistent diet culture stuff that's been coming up about before and after photos and sort of like advocating for before and after photos. And you guys know how we feel about that. I think it's interesting that a lot of times from people who are very like into before and after photos, they will say either like, hey, this is just for me. I'm only posting it for me. And, you know, take it for what you want. I don't care. This is just for my own eyes. To which my reaction is always like, so then why post it? Like, then just make it and save it on your phone. Or the other, but then the other side is the people saying like, well, I'm going to post what I want and then it's up to you if you if you have a bad reaction like that's you. Like you need to manage your own reactions. You need to manage like how that makes you you feel is interesting because and I I'm curious to hear like what other people think. That like when you post stuff on social media, what is that balance? And to me that's the question it brings up. It's like what's the balance between saying like hey, I'm going to post what I want and we say that about pol- about political stuff, we say that about, you know, other certain content where it's like hey, we're not going to not voice our opinions on these issues just because it might be uncomfortable for some people. We're not going to po- not post things just because of the way that it might make other people feel and that's sort of the take that some people have about before and after photos. They're like, I'm going to post this and if it makes you feel crappy about yourself, that's your that's your business to figure out. Here's where I have a problem with that. Here's where I have a problem with that. And it's just, this is for all of it that I see out there. This is not targeted at at one person. I have a problem because this is social media gaslighting. And this is a lot of white influencers gaslighting you into saying, well, if you just, if that's the way you take it, then that's on you. And I get really angry. I'm trying to like keep it under control. I get really angry when people say, well, it's your fault that you're getting triggered. Or it's kind of like for you to, to evaluate if you're triggered on something. Uh, I could go off on probably five hours of conversation from a mental health perspective around how that's really gaslighting. But I will just say this. It's also just very white culture, thin privilege way of keeping that narrative going to serve someone else's agenda. And it's just, it's very problematic. So like when people are like, well, I want to p- post before and after photos and that just makes me happy, that tells me they're not looking at the larger picture of how they're contributing to really white supremacy. It forces assimilation. It encourages appropriation. Like there's so many bigger problems with it. And I think people have this like very one-track mind of it's just a before and after photo. No, it's not. It's not just a before and after photo. So I think that it's like when people have that narrow view and then they're kind of like, well, if, if this doesn't a fit for you and this doesn't really, you know, that's fine. Go off and do your own thing. But it is really confusing for people because if you are saying, well, you're just being the one triggered and you need to look at your own stuff. How is that not? How is that not gaslighting? How is that not gaslighting? Please tell me. Someone please tell me. I also think that even on a like a more surface level than that, the comparison of a side-by-side photo inherently does put value on a certain aesthetic over another aesthetic. You are obviously prioritizing a thinner aesthetic, a more muscular aesthetic, whatever the case may be, and that when you have those images side by side like that, you're and you're trying to say like, oh, this is, you know, you shouldn't, this isn't a big deal. Like I'm just posting this for whatever. You're really ignoring the larger context of our culture that like this is not a benign statement that to say, hey, this quote unquote after photo or this progress photo where my goal is to get thinner 
and to have a certain very stereotypical body type, that you are obviously placing that as the goal above all else. And I think that, you know, what we just really don't need is more of that being the pedestal that we all sort of, you know, are trying to get out of our heads as like this default of what we shall be striving for. And to me, it has a lot to do with also like in that moment, what I kind of fall back on is like, first of all, what are you trying to say with that photo that you truly cannot say another way with another type of photo? You know, if you're trying to say like, well, I'm really, I'm working really hard and I want to showcase that. Okay. Take videos of yourself at the gym. Show us that you're going to the gym every day. Like there's another way to tell that story. Like what story are you trying to tell that's so specific that you can't tell it outside of a before and after photo if that story is not thinner is better or, you know, that, that one body type is better than another. To me, like if there's even a chance that someone's going to see that and feel triggered by that, then why even post it? I do not agree with the whole thing of like, well, I'm going to post it and people can just, it's up to them no. to, I, I wholeheartedly disagree with that shit. It drives me crazy. Like we all have a responsibility. This is why white supremacy still exists because it's like, well, it's how other people take it. No, like you have, we, we don't have the luxury to just sit back and be like, well, it's how other people take it. You have to actively participate to move the needle. And I know we're talking about before and after photos and people like, why is Joy getting so fired up about this. It's like, because that's why we don't make movement is because people just assume it's like, well, I'm not responsible. How other people take things? It's like, no, you have to actively participate in change. And this is one small, but really powerful thing that you can do to stop some of the BS that's out there. And like the message that you said on the talk a little bit about like the video, the reel that you posted today, where you were talking about like, we shouldn't even have to like, mention bodies. Yeah. And we, we talk about this a lot where it's like, you know, the things that I find the most powerful are the posts where somebody posts a picture of themselves and it's not even like, well, I put on the swimsuit even though I have stretch marks and I still went out there. It's just not, it's just a non-issue. Like they have the photo, they're doing something else. The conversation has nothing to do with their body. It's a non-issue. Those are the ones that I think really do, for me, like move the needle towards just not even having that obsession it really is an obsession for some people. Like they're so obsessed with their bodies. That I think at a macro level is what we're trying to get away from is this just obsession with our physical bodies mm -hmm. that whether, you know, whatever the aesthetic is that you're going for, that you're just never not thinking about it. If you are the person who's posting the photo that's like, I went out even though I knew, you know, I didn't look the way I wanted to, you're still demonstrating that you're constantly thinking about it. So for me, and I'm not saying that like, I know that that's also a part of people's journey toward it is recognizing that and having those moments. And for them, that is important to call it out. But, and so I'm not saying that like, you should never have those thoughts because I think that that is an important step right. is realizing like, I feel this way and I'm going to do it anyway. But the next step for me is like just having it be an non-issue. Just like I'm not, I'm not even thinking about how I look. I'm not even. That's not a thought that's constantly playing through. My right. Mind. I mean, we talked about this a few weeks ago of like being like that. Those are thoughts that still come through your head. It's but it's it's the next step of what you do about it. The other thing that I want to say about this, and I think it's really important that people follow people like Chrissy King. There's so many influencers people of color, women of color who are speaking up about this. And I, I would love to have maybe Chrissy back or any of the the influencers. I'll post a bunch because I we follow a bunch of people who talk about this, who talk about this way better than I ever could. And I think what I see white women are missing the mark on is by perpetuating this thinness where it's like, well, I just like this. And this is what I like for me. But like by perpetuating it and posting about it, you're limiting representa representation. For white women to say, well, that's not my responsibility of how you take things is really problematic. And if you don't see why that's problematic, then I encourage you to go do some reading. I think, I mean, it's interesting. Somebody in the chat did say like, how is it a white privilege thing? And I think that is exactly it, where it's about perpetuating that default image that, you know, if within culture, we have one body type, one aesthetic that is the priority of above all others, almost always that aesthetic is a Eurocentric white aesthetic. And it's very thin. It's a body type that is often only accessible by a very small genetic minority of people who, for the most part, have a European genetic background. And I think that that is how it does play into white privilege. And I think it was so interesting when we talked to Diane Sanfilippo about, you know, like the privilege of thinner bodies. And you are seeing, there are assumptions people make about you 
when you are in that type of a body because as a society, we have put it on a pedestal. And I think that's as far as you have to look for evidence that like, yes, this everywhere we turn, you are still getting the message that this is a body type that is better than other body types. It inherently means that you're a better type of person. It inherently means, you know, that you're a harder worker. You're not lazy, blah, blah, blah. And I think everyone who listens to this podcast knows inherently that that is not true. But the reality is that when you still are posting things showing that like, well, I used to be heavier or I used to be, you know, jiggly or I used to be not, but now I'm thinner and I don't have these quote unquote flaws. Like the direction that you're moving for, the goal you're moving towards, whether overtly or not, is towards that default body type, you're perpetuating that default body type. So what do you think about musician like Adele losing a significant amount of weight or Rebel Wilson lost a significant amount of weight? I mean, there's celebrities that will lose a significant amount of weight. The reason I bring this up is because this podcast episode I listened to because I wanted to kind of get the full context of what this person was saying was like, well, they really criticized this celebrity for they really went after this celebrity for losing a bunch of weight. And it's like, okay, but I didn't see the celebrity doing some performative, like, I don't know, I I think it kind of goes back to that complicated point of like, can people lose weight then? Well, here's what it comes down to for me is like, what are you promoting with what you're posting? I think to me, this also honestly almost falls into the category of people who like who make other choices for themselves individually that I don't think are responsible is really a strong word. And that's not really what I'm going for. But like that I think at a macro level are not. OK, so the, the, the example I'm thinking of is like being anti-vax. And to me, it's like just bear with me here that throughout you know the last couple of years, we've had so many conversations about vaccines. We've had so many conversations about bodily autonomy. You know, I think there's no secret about the, the opinions that you and I have, but the line is drawn at where we think, what we think other people should be required to do, right? And I think that there are certain people out there who I know for a fact are anti-vax, are never going to vaccinate their family. It just is what it is. But it's that's something that they hold for themselves personally. And they're not out there talking about it. And it's like, hey, this is a personal thing. I've stopped talking you know, a lot about yeah. being pro-vax. Like, hey, this is a personal thing. Mm-hmm. The reason that those two things are parallel for me is because I think that when it comes to diet, weight loss, whatever the case, you know, whatever, changing your body, plastic surgery, whatever, whatever it is. I think there is a little bit of like an honesty thing, particularly with plastic surgery that like, if you're out there saying, Hey, you can achieve this body by doing carnivore diet and actually you have like, you just got a butt lift. Like that's one thing. Legally blonde when she sells workout videos and she's like, I got liposuction. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Don't be that. Don't be her. No, no human can have this ass. I got liposuction. Liposuction. So there's that. There's, I think like to me, that is kind of the difference. It's like, if you want to do that stuff truly for yourself, for whatever reason, you could have a million reasons and I don't care what they are. I'm not going to say anything about it. The moment that I start to have red flags is when the conversation becomes like, hey, look at me, look at what I'm doing. The thing about Adele and Rebel Wilson is that they are in the public eye. And so they can't have, they wouldn't have ever like been able to lose weight and never have that moment of something like, oh my gosh, Adele lost weight. But it's not like she was posting before and afters the whole time. Rebel Wilson, a little bit different. But again, I think that there is a difference between doing something personal. As I'm talking about this, I think the other difference is around defending the ways that of talking about it that perpetuate the diet culture. I Again, I don't know a whole lot about the Rebel Wilson one, but I know I've followed a little bit more closely to Adele. And I think when it comes to any celebrity body image thing, like that to me is a little bit of a different category. But it's like, hey, if you're going to be in the public eye, people are going to make comments about your body one way or the other. Oftentimes, those celebrities will say like, hey, listen, this was something that I did on my own for whatever reason. I know um, Jonah Hill had a similar thing where he lost a bunch of weight. And he's like, hey, guys, like, you don't have to – this doesn't have to be a headline. You know, stop bringing it up versus the other side of the coin of, like, arguing for why you should be able to bring it up all the time. Yeah. That was a lot of thoughts jumbled out. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Um, I think what came to mind for me when you were talking was, like, if you are a white person and you have a platform – I do think you have a responsibility to be careful of the messaging that you're putting out. Heart stop. 
so celebrities, I think, are also on a different pedestal because, like, they are celebrities and everyone is watching them. I do think that they have a responsibility. However, I'm not saying that everyone has to be, I don't know, like, walking around in a body that maybe they're just like, I would like to make some changes, but you do have a responsibility of how you put the messaging out and how you're celebrating diversity or not. So I think, like, that's kind of what I'm evaluating with my own self and like just stepping back from social media a lot lately of just being like, what message am I perpetuating? Because people can say, well, people can look at it or not, or they can just unsubscribe or not. It's like, we can't do that anymore. Like, look at freaking Twitter and freaking Elon Musk and like kicking Trump off of Twitter and like people have responsibilities. There's rules around what we can say and not say. So I think like if we really want to tackle or not tackle, but like move the needle, because I feel like this is never going to end, but racism, anti-Semitism, the shit that's going on with freaking Kanye, like we can't be bystanders with the messaging that we're putting out. Like that is where it really gets under my skin. And so the whole piece around like celebrities and platforms, it's like, yeah, they need, I do think that they have a responsibility, but you also sure have choices of whatever you want to do to your body. The difference I think between the way that we're talking about this is that you're, what you're talking about is more of a responsibility of like, you can't just say whatever you want. Full stop. And, you know, we have to stop hiding behind this, like, idea, no matter what the idea is, of saying, well, it doesn't matter how you take this. I, I, It's my liberty to say whatever I want and put things out there however I want. And if you take it a certain way, then that's on you. And whatever that topic is, like, that's, you know, mm-hmm. seriously problematic. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm looking at it more, which – so I think that's one side of it. And then I think the other yeah. side of it that I'm looking at more is, like, what is this saying specifically about body types and specifically about – what types of body types are acceptable, are desirable, are, you know, worth striving for. Mm-hmm. And I think, so I think it is both of those things. It's like specific to before and after pictures of your body, you were saying something specific about the hierarchy of bodies. Specific, And then breaking it down then into, okay, saying, you know, being the type of person who says like, well, I'm just going to put something out there and it's on you how you receive it is a much bigger issue that ladders up to the majority of the systemic issues in our culture. Right. I would say that if you are someone who has a larger platform and you're like, well, I do celebrate, everyone can love how everybody looks. Well, how are you supporting that with the work that you're doing? Because just saying that is not going to make any change. There needs to be some action in some way. If that's a platform where you're making money, your whole business is really feeding into white thin privilege. (laughs) I also think that there's not an easy answer. You know, I think like specifically to your question of like, well, what about celebrities? What about Adele? What about, you know, these celebrities who lose a lot of weight? I think as much as I'm trying to grasp for like, oh yeah, well, you know, it's different for them. I don't, I, it's hard for me to articulate exactly what the line is. And I think that's what's so hard about it is like. It is, which is, which is why like, this is a conversation we could probably have totally. with so many different Forever. people. And I would love to, like I said, have Chrissy King back or yeah, plenty of people I have in my mind where I'm like, this would be a great discussion to really talk to someone like a person of color to get a little bit more into like a different perspective because I certainly can't cover all of this. No. And I think also, you know, when I relate it back to vaccines, which I'm sort of thinking back of like, maybe that's not the best analogy, but I think what it comes down to for me is like, it really, to me, says so much more about the way someone handles that than it does necessarily about the topic at hand. And I also think it's so interesting specific to the Adele and Rebel Wilson stories of the world to then even take it a step further down the rabbit hole of like the way the reactions to that, you know, the mm. the inherent just praise for losing weight, the inherent like attention, what that also then continues to perpetuate in terms of, again, the body, the hierarchy of bodies. Tell me what you think about this. And I'm ta- I'm like talking this out loud through my head, so it may not make sense and may be a bad example. But it just came to my head as you were talking about that too. Is like, so at work, everybody states their pronouns when we're in meetings, if, you, if you're meeting someone. And that's the kind of the culture that we have created at our workspace because it's a messaging to inclusion and making sure that everyone feels included. And I feel like this is a little bit of a flavor of that is if you are perpetuating a certain culture and you're not recognizing inclusion, that's really problematic for people who don't who feel othered. 
And there's so many people that feel othered that that's where it's like, it's our job. Because I was talking to someone else a couple weeks ago, like not at my workplace, an acquaintance that was like, I don't understand the whole pronouns at work thing. Like, I don't want to put my pronouns. I don't want to say it. Like, we don't do that at my work. Like, what's the point? I'm like, oh, okay. Well, the point is, like, even though someone may look at you and make an assumption, you may have a pronoun that is not off of an assumption. And so I was trying to explain this to them and they were still like, weren't getting it. It was like, well, it's like, what's the big deal? And I'm like, oh, well, the big deal is A, B, and C. Like, you're opening the door. It's kind of like, it's kind of like a business. Putting the foundation out for that conversation that it's not a big deal. It's like putting on the, like, on your door or on your website, like, a pride flag to say what we stand for is inclusion and acceptance, diversity. And so I think that's where this is all kind of going in my head too. Of like, that's why it bothers me so much. And it's not just this one little thing of a before and after photo, or that you're like, I'm pointing to someone else like, oh, you're getting triggered by this. It's like, I want people to open their minds like we're not going to get anywhere I think it's I and then again I think it goes back to like it's so nuanced because in a similar vein like I was in a I was interviewing someone and for a job and I was like the interviewer and there was there were two of us on the call from who were interviewing the candidate and the two interviewers said you know hi I'm so-and-so and these are my pronouns the person being interviewed who I knew from their LinkedIn had they them pronouns did not kind of like then introduce themselves with their pronouns and I followed up with them about it later. You know, they ended up getting hired. I followed up with them about it. They were like, you know, actually, even in a situation like that, it still feels othering if the other, if everyone else in the room is cisgender. Because now, even though the intent is inclusion and setting the stage for that to not be a big deal, now it feels like, you know, we, everyone else in the room has just confirmed that they're cisgender, which again, I think is an assumption, but, you know, because somebody can be. Uh, Right. Transgender and right. you, know, you don't know. But it just was interesting to kind of see it from the other side as well that like if you're in a room and everybody's pronouns are she, her, he, him, and then you are your pronouns are they, them, like that can feel uncomfortable to be the only one. And you might prefer that somebody makes some assumptions about you or ask you, you know, in person later on or on a one-off later on. So I think it just goes to show that like there is not a one-size-fits-all. There's not a situation like sometimes those practices of inclusivity can actually end up being even more triggering is not the right word, but you know, even more like sort of separating and yeah. 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 Jessica says it's so normalized to comment on body changes with assumptions about what is positive and negative. I've experienced weight loss from medical issues and people telling me I look great feels awful. I think that's so true. Like we had a couple of months ago, years ago, somebody else says same for me with pregnancy and people commenting on me looking great when I was ready about my baby's small size. I remember having going through pregnancy loss and I, somebody, I like had very quickly gained a bunch of weight and then had a miscarriage and very quickly lost that weight. And I remember being a Cresto class and one of the coaches being like, you look great. And I wanted to be like, thanks, I lost a pregnancy. Yeah, I've lost 10 pounds, but it's because I went through a traumatic event. Yeah. And, like and we had a people maybe, who yeah, were year, grieving couple, and yeah, right. A couple of maybe years or months ago, I can't even remember. We posted something about this on our Instagram and just got flooded with stories like that, where people were like, you know, I was going through a really hard time or I was going through a diagnosis or, you know, there are so many reasons that someone can lose weight that have, that are not on purpose, that are not healthy and the assumptions that people make anyway. So it's a tricky, very, very tricky topic. I think that podcast episode just made me realize that this is, you know, I think again, like we tend to make some assumptions about how far the fitness and health world has come with these conversations. And then when you hear, you realize like, oh, we're still at square one sometimes. Yeah. And we didn't even get to the conversation someone brought up in the chat, the Taylor Swift video that she did for Antihero that was changed. And I'm going to say it real quickly. We probably will have to do this another day. But really quickly, if you didn't see the video, Taylor Swift's one of her new music videos is called Antihero. And it's a lot. The song is really kind of about her insecurities and her battles and the things that she struggles with as a human. The video is great. I think it's an amazing video. But... I did see this one part where the second I saw it, I was like, ooh. My first reaction, so basically it's her stepping on a scale and it's like another evil version of her standing beside her, kind of looking at the scale with her. And the scale goes up to a number, but then it just says fat instead of a number. It just says the word fat. My first reaction was like, oh, Taylor, why did you do that? Like, why are you, it feels, you know, anti-fat and it feels very negative as far as like celebrating body diversity, but... I will say, so they have since edited the video to take that part out, but I will say my then thought is she's an artist 
who is, I have a couple thoughts, so just hang with me for a second. My my second thought was like, well, she's an artist, really being honest about her experience. I, through my journey of watching people in, in therapy, it's a very common statement to say, I feel fat. It is very common. You almost always hear that when people are struggling with any type of eating disorder, which Taylor Swift has mentioned this in one of her documentaries. So I wanted to say like, oh, well, that's, it's an honest description and it's an honest depiction of something that she really went through. So she's showing that and also then, but and are we going, then we're going into the territory of you have such a huge platform. Where is your responsibility to be careful with kind of what line you cross around that. So I had like those two conflicting thoughts where I was like, I get that she's really wanting to show the truth of what goes on in her mind. Where's your responsibility as, I mean, she is a ginormous influencer, artist, that people will see that who aren't as evolved or, you know, in a a space that they're strong enough to see that and may still be struggling with their own issues. A lot of people are to say, Oh, right. I think that goes back to right. Exactly. Or if you are in a larger body saying, oh, well, fat is a bad thing. She's perpetuating that. So I I get all of it. I feel like I get all sides of it. Not to be that like that person. But I do. I'm like, oh, I've kind of thought through all of those feelings when I saw. Yeah. And I think again, it's like, at what point is it like, okay, if that's part of your story, that's fine. Keep it to yourself and the people who are close to you. And you know, maybe don't put it in a music video that tens of millions of people are going to see. Find right. a different That's way to the say thing. that. Find a different way to say that. Yeah. Which yeah. I think they did a good job of editing where they like, sure, you could have left that part out, Taylor. But mm-hmm. I think she was trying to like say, well, this is truly what goes through my mind. And but then they edited it out. So where it's just basically like the evil her and her yeah. looking at the scale. So so I would love to hear your thoughts and comments on that. But we are out of time. This started out like a light episode and got a little heavy towards the end. We talked about periods. I shared a periods. very personal story. Pablo the pumpkin. Pablo, scary Pablo movies, pumpkins. and scary diet culture. And now I'm going to go take my kids trick-or-treating and see how it goes. Yay. Yay. All right, guys. Well, thank you for joining us this week. You can find us on Instagram at joyandclaire underscore. You can go to our website, joyandclaire.com. You can email us. This is joyandclaire at gmail.com. You can please support the podcast by supporting our sponsor, Ned. That's helloned.com, H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com forward slash joy or use discount code joy for 15% off your order. Try their new mellow chai nighttime blend. I can't wait to try it. Thank you for supporting the brands that support our podcast. Thank you for listening. We will be back next Thursday. Don't forget to listen to On Your Marks Get Set Bake, our Great British Bake Off podcast. This week is Pastry Week. Cannot wait. Mm. So we will be launching that episode on Saturday morning. Check it out. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye, guys. Bye.